Elon Musk has purchased Twitter and everyone is going crazy because of it. And a recent study on teen mental health has shown that teens are smoking less, drinking less, and even doing drugs less, but they are more anxious and depressed than ever. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we are going to be looking at some social media trends. And we're going to be looking at Elon Musk and the fact that he has bought Twitter for $44 billion. That's B billion dollars. And so a lot of people are very, very excited concerning this because now it seems that some of the shadow banning and so forth that he has come out and done this in order to give us ultimate free speech on Twitter. Now, a number of people are very upset about this, specifically those who lean more liberal. But when we look at it, we need to ask ourselves a lot of questions. I know there are a ton of believers and brothers and sisters in Christ that are recognizing, wait a second, Elon Musk has seemingly been this, I don't know, conservative... I'm not my words, but plenty of people believe he's kind of a beacon for conservatism because he's showing people he loves free speech and he cares about this and that and so forth. And so people are really excited because they're like, hey, now we get to say whatever we want. We can talk about Jesus. Hopefully a lot of people have that already in their hearts concerning what they're going to be doing on Twitter. They can go on and now they can you know, debate somebody and show someone uh, something about flat earth or whatever they want, and it won't be banned. It won't be shadow banned. Well, I think that we need to pump the brakes in another in a number of ways, and I think that this is really giving us an opportunity to talk more candidly about understanding where we stand on this political realm that some people, that so many people are really getting involved in, and it does seem that there is somewhat of a chasm between believers. And that objectivity is something, and this has been going on for a long time, but I think that it was only, I guess, it was only personified all the more when Trump got in office, that the polarization, and forget about what the media has done, making sure everyone thinks there's these two parties and conservatives versus liberals and so forth, but the polarization that's taken place in the body of Christ, that objectivity doesn't even exist anymore. That when we make videos, and we have in the past, talking specifically about the wickedness of people like, we believe, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and so forth, propagators of, you know, murdering babies, we obviously clearly show the wickedness there. So somebody then comes out and say, well, what about Trump? Well, we also have videos on Trump's satanic peace plan, which you can see on our Blessed Hope Chapel page. We also did a video about Epstein, where we talked not only about Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, but also Donald Trump and so forth. And people were so angry on both sides. I can't believe you would mention Donald Trump here, even though he had some very weird things to say about Jeffrey Epstein. And even, even though he did end his relationship, it is a reality that he talked about Epstein and some of the young girls that he liked. The notoriously left-wing Politico reported during the presidential campaign that Trump had said, I have known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. 
It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it, Jeffrey enjoys his social life. When we do these things objectively, sadly, we do get the hate mail on both sides. And the truth is, is that I'm much more concerned with conservatives getting duped than I am about people that already believe that taking a baby inside of its mother womb, mother's womb, ripping it limb from limb and vacuuming it out to sell the parts is totally okay and their moral compass allows for that. I'm not worried about them being deceived because they've been so deceived that that's perfectly fine under their worldview. So I'm much more concerned about believers in Christ, I guess, pitching their tent on the side of conservatism that looks like Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. Because for this, and yes, I put those and pin those two together because a lot of this has to do with information and so forth that you might gather from them or watch and listen to and enjoy. Like maybe you'll have more enjoyment on Twitter and so forth now. But I am much more concerned about conservatives following down and being swathed with the rest of people to go forth and have a purpose that is far different than the purpose of Christ, not even recognizing or caring that a lot of their ideological beliefs are so far from the Christian worldview that you almost are setting aside your Christianity when talking politics or whatever it may be, and then you can pick it back up when you go to church. And so the the way that we talk to people online, the things that we're tweeting and liking and retweeting and so forth are things that God would never approve of. And I really think maybe you're somebody that said, hey, I'm going to start a Twitter page because now I'll be able to speak freely. I think there's some words in scripture that we could read from that may do you well to consider when it comes to the things that you're going to like, retweet, and post if you're going to be on Twitter now. Because this is really important because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, according to Jesus. And when you are using your Twitter fingers, that is a digital tongue for you to speak with to the world. And when you're doing that, I really believe you need to consider whether or not the things you are liking, retweeting, sharing, whether it's on Instagram or whatever, TikTok, and we can get into that a little bit later, um, whatever it may be, is it something that is for the edification of the body of Christ? And if it's not for the edification of the body, is it something that is to the salvation of the non-believer? Is it for sharing something? Is it for exposing wickedness so that Christ would shine in someone's heart and they could come to him and know him? And so we need to always take that stance and say, God, I want to make sure that what I'm doing with this, as for me and my Twitter, as for me and my Facebook, as for me and my Instagram, it will serve the Lord. It will continue to serve the Lord, and the things that I'm going to say are not going to be venomous. They're not going to be wicked. They're not going to be evil. I'm not going to be sharing cuss words, curse words, and so forth about people, thinking that it's funny, because I'm sorry, you're going to get judged for every idle word you speak, and you need to care about those lost souls that you're speaking about as well. And so I want to take a look at James chapter 3 so that everyone considering going on social media, whatever it may be, in whatever capacity, can consider these words. Now, remember, in James chapter 3, it talks about teachers specifically, and teachers incur a stricter judgment, and then it uses the term, for we all, in verse 2, we all stumble in many ways, and then it begins to talk about the tongue. And in verse 3, it says, 
Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. If you need any further evidence about how powerful the tongue is, I mean, obviously the Word of God is our standard, so it's clear how powerful it can be. But if we want to also look at this when it comes to Twitter, does anyone think that Donald Trump gets elected as president if he didn't have a Twitter page? I think every single one of us know that's not the case, that a lot of his following really was garnered there, and that was the same reason they probably wanted to boot him and get him out of there. See how a great forest is set aflame by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity, the tongue, is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and birds of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. Isn't that crazy? Just think about that for a little bit. The fact that we as humans have been able to tame all of these wild beasts much bigger than ourselves. And yet when it comes to the tongue, how hard is it? I can't tell you how many believers I've talked to that expressed to me, man, I've been working on my language. I've been trying not to say these certain things or even sisters that have a tough time with gossiping. How often it is so difficult for them to cut that thing off in terms of what they're saying about other people. And it really can be. And, I, and I'm thinking about gossip specifically, that which is not for edification. You're not praying to God about these people, but you're simply trying to talk. You're simply trying to talk with someone else about other people, not trying to benefit anyone else other than yourself or maybe the hearer because they want to gossip as well. It's a fleshly desire for so many to continue with their tongue in talking about other people. And so we need to make sure that we're saying, no, I'm not going to give in to the flesh here because there are factions that take place that the Bible specifically says are a fruit of the flesh. So we need to watch that market and say, I don't want that in my life. But here's what it says. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. And I've brought this out in a similar analogy to men who will take the very phone that they read the Bible on in the morning and then use it to look at pornography. So they were reading the Bible in the same phone that later they're looking and lusting and committing a spiritual adultery against their wives. I mean, just radical to think about. But then people are doing the same thing with their tongue. Oh, Lord Bless the Lord, O my soul, and then have you seen this terrible person over here? Blank this person and blank that person, whatever it may be, or I hate that person and how wicked that is. Guys, this is serious and God is serious about this. Verse 10, from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain Send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce 
fresh. We need to make sure that when we apply this as well to the things we are typing out to write to people or write about people, that we're checking our heart. We're making sure that we are right with the Lord in what we are saying, and it's not something that when somebody went and dug up your old deeds, you'd be embarrassed about. Be careful about the things you are texting people and tweeting others. These are things we need to be careful about because free speech is only so good as you using it for the glory of God. That's the only thing that will matter. So you need to make sure you check that out. And I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to anything that Elon Musk is touching, I'm a little nervous. Because yes, a ton of people, a swath of people have totally just been okay with everything he said and are so excited about this. I've I've seen some guys on Twitter like DC Drano talk about that he's basically going to be the savior. That free speech on Twitter could spell the beginning of the end for the corrupt regime. Like there's going to be this new revival that takes place in the conservative party. And if we pitch our hat onto there, guess what? We can ride alongside that banner and we can take this country back. And, and guys, all of that is not for the cause of Christ. And I, this is what I'm pleading with you. Can we get to a place as brothers and sisters in Christ that we can be objective and say it is much better that we don't have people helping lead the country that we do live in and God has ordained that you are living here, that you would seek, grope, and find him according to Acts chapter 17. That's why you are in the place of habitation that you are in. And can we get to a place where we say, I want to live peaceably here in the country I am in. I recognize that that having wicked sinners ruling a nation is, is a judgment, I believe, from God. And we are asking, please, let's get them removed and actually pray that and really believe that and understand that that's true while also saying, I have no hope for this country in terms of the place where I put my hope that once we are able to have free speech that Elon Musk gives us, now we can really go forth with the gospel. But also recognize, why are we wasting anything at our hands to be able to use it? But Elon Musk himself, just as I said with Joe Rogan, who has said very blasphemous things, come out against the Bible in a number of very ignorant ways, and we have multiple episodes where we dig into that, not only with uh, Wesley Huff, but also on an episode just entirely based on some of his statements he's made against the Bible and just counteracting because they're really just dumb. Um, But nonetheless, when I see people going into these movements or being involved or having these guys as their huge fans of them, but I also see some of their other inclinations. For example, Elon Musk, he was a supporter of Kanye West as president, but then when Kanye West was very, very pro-life, guess what was happening? Not that I think you should vote for Kanye West or anything like that. I am Kanye West, and I approve this message. We've done episodes on that. You guys can see those in our channel here. But the fact is, is that when that's the cause, and that was when Elon Musk says he had to reevaluate and look at it again, it tells me there's something wrong. I want to read a little bit from his bio because I think there are some nefarious things, and I do worry about who this guy is and why do a lot of people who love Jesus seemingly just give him a pass on a lot of the things he believes and practices, and also the mother of two of his seven children. In 2015, Musk stated he was a, quote, significant, though not top-tier donor to Democrats, but that he also gives heavily to Republicans. Musk said that political contributions are a requirement to have a voice in the United States government. So basically, I'm going to put my money where I'm going to make more money, probably, 
Musk criticized Donald Trump for his stance on climate change. And after joining Trump's two business advisory councils, Musk resigned from both in June 2017 in protest against Trump's decision to withdraw the United States from the Paris Agreement. I don't agree with everything Trump did, but that was one of the best things he probably did. And of course, Elon Musk was not a fan of it. In the 2020 Democratic presidential primaries, Musk endorsed candidate Andrew Yang and expressed support for his proposed universal basic income. Well, that's a little interesting because eventually there will be a universal basic income and that will come forth with a mark on your right hand or your forehead. He endorsed Kanye West's independent campaign in the general election. Musk has stated that he thinks a theoretical uh, government on Mars should be direct democracy. In September 2021, following the adoption of Texas's strict abortion restriction, Texas Governor Greg Abbott stated that Musk and SpaceX supported Texas's social policies. In response, Musk stated, in general, I believe government should rarely impose its will upon the people, and when doing so, should aspire to maximize their cumulative happiness. That said, I would refer to stay out of politics. But Musk also, and I say it's always important to check out the company that people keep, especially when the company somebody keeps is someone they're impregnating. And so when we look at the last, uh, you know, mother of his children who goes by an artist, a Canadian artist by the name of Grimes, who names their children stuff such as X Ash a 12 or Cy Deer E Ool, or I should say Exa Dark, Dark, sorry, let me try to get this right. Exa Dark Cy Deer and all these weird names. And then when you look at her, the very person that he's decided to have children with is someone who specifically sold her soul as part of an art exhibit. It tells me that the company he keeps might be a little more nefarious than he is even maybe knows, or if he does know, makes it even worse. But nonetheless, most of my consternation comes from people just being so excited about things like this, not recognizing some of the ramifications as well, because if he truly is this person who only cares about getting free speech and is to the free speech supreme, then he's going to have absolutely no problem with some of the murderous things that are going to go on there or maybe just a ton of pornography that might be right there at your hands all the time. So these are things to be watched. These are things to be looked out for. It always concerns me when people are being swallowed up and are enamored by people who do not have the Holy Spirit. That concerns me a whole lot. And I'm always more concerned with my brothers in Christ being swayed away, being taken away, and being turned aside by someone who is not a believer in Christ. So this is really, really important. And speaking of importance, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to where people's minds are at, where their hearts are at, and whether or not their spirit is broken, a recent article on the New York Times went in depth on what's going on with a lot of the teens right now, because Teen suicide is at an alarming rate right now, and a lot of people point to things such as the lockdowns that took place under COVID-19 and then other sources, but I believe a lot of the doctors involved trying to figure out what's going on with the mental health of teens don't really know where to look because they're looking 
for humanistic aspects to help them. And just straight humanism and just straight uh, popping a pill and so forth is not going to actually help a broken spirit. Yes, there is place, there is a place, there are places in which medication is certainly needed. We are not Scientologists here, all right? We are not, we are recognizing there are physicians and needs and doctors, and there's plenty of medicine that is actually, I believe, biblical that can be used to help people. But what we are talking about here are a ton of children who have been hopped up on Ritalin since they were five years old. And that a lot of them have been from Ritalin to Adderall doing all of these amphetamines and so forth. Or are we talking about others who have another means of an issue regarding social media and different aspects? But I want to read from the article. But before I do, I want to read from the scriptures. Because what the scriptures say about a broken spirit, I think, speaks volumes to how important it is for, start, for us to start to understand what some of these young people are going through. Because in Proverbs 17, 22, it says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. There are actual health ramifications for having a broken spirit. Those anxious thoughts, all of those things, what it does to the heart, what it does to the mind, the Bible is very clear that there are actual ramifications for where our mental health is, where we are, what are we meditating on, what are we thinking about, and where we are at it actually does hurt us medically as well. And Proverbs 18, 14 says this, The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? And I believe this is why in the New Testament we read in 1 Peter that we are supposed to cast all of our anxieties, all of our cares upon Jesus. Why? Why are we supposed to do that? And I love the answer, because he cares for you. Because when we have all of these issues, when we have all these problems and anxieties, if I cast them upon the cross, if I cast them at the foot of Jesus, I am doing that knowing, not simply that they're going to be pushed right back at me, right? But knowing that he cares for me. I know that he's not going to be the miserable counselors that Job got when he was dealing with all of his issues. I know that we are going to always have the wonderful counselor to bring us back to him, so that when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. When we flee or when we resist the devil, the devil will flee from us. But I want to read from this article, and I set that as the backdrop, recognizing there is actual health ramifications to a broken spirit. Let's recognize that when we're trying to deal and help people going through a struggle, going through depression, going through these things, that there are some actual medical issues going on sometimes as well. It says, American adolescence is undergoing a drastic change. Three decades ago, the greatest public health threats to teenagers in the United States came from binge drinking, drunken driving, teenage pregnancy, and smoking. These have since fallen sharply, replaced by a new public health concern, soaring rates of mental health disorders. The decline in mental health among teenagers, one is intensified by the COVID pandemic, but predated it. Spanning racial and ethnic groups, urban and rural areas, and socioeconomic divide. In December, in a rare public advisory, the U.S. Surgeon General warned of a devastating mental health crisis among adolescents. Numerous hospital and doctor groups have called it a national emergency, citing rising levels of mental illness, a severe shortage of therapists and treatment options, and insufficient research to explain the trend. Quote, young people are more educated 
less likely to get pregnant, use drugs, less likely to die of accident or injury, said Candace Odgers, a psychologist at the University of California, Irvine. By many markers, kids are doing fantastic and thriving. But there are these really important trends in anxiety, depression, and suicide that stop us in our tracks. We need to figure it out because it is life and death for these kids. Now, I believe there's a spiritual void that is missing here, and that's exactly what's taking place, and a love from parents, because parents are so distracted by everything that is going on in the world, whether it's their phone. So many parents, fathers and mothers, and I encourage you guys in this, not that anyone can, not that there's anyone that can't fall victim to this. You work a hard day, you come home, you just want to rest, and next thing you know, you're looking at your phone and not paying attention to the family that needs you. They need the love of the father. They need the love of the mother. That's what they need in their life. And they need you, most importantly, to be pointing them to Jesus. And if we're not doing that, and all they see is you looking at your phone for the next tweet, or you looking at some TikTok, thinking somebody dancing around and gyrating themselves is funny, or going on Instagram or whatever it may be, and they're not as important it's going to be a major issue. There's going to be depression and anxiety and a need to get that attention elsewhere. And Satan has no problem finding a very ugly place and a person to give them that attention. The crisis is often attributed to the rise of social media, but solid data on the issue is limited. The findings are nuanced and often contradictory, and some adolescents appear to be more vulnerable than others to the effects of screen time. Federal research shows that teenagers as a group are also getting less sleep, less exercise, and spending less in-person time with friends, all crucial for healthy development. I think it's interesting when we look at that statement because you see quite clearly that they're trying to distance social media as an issue, but then you're noticing less sleep. I've talked to mothers, friends, young kids, about how they can't fall asleep because they keep looking at social media. They're seeing what their friends are up to on Instagram or they're watching TikToks all night and like, oh my gosh, it's it's 12 o'clock. What, what happened? What happened to the time? Getting less sleep. They're not exercising. They're not getting outside, getting in the sun. They're not ex- They're not doing that. They're not in person meeting with their friends. Why? Probably because they're sitting on video games and they talk to them and so that's about all the interaction they need. Or they look at what their family is doing. I can't tell you. I've talked to family members who, because we're on Facebook and they get to see pictures of me posting about my kids, guess what? It's not that big a deal that they haven't seen them in five years because they figure they know everything that's going on in their life. But that is not koinonia and fellowship. That is why we need each other. We are supposed to be one with another, brothers and sisters in Christ, We should be embracing one another. These kids that are dying of suicide, these kids who are killing themselves, these kids who are depressed and anxious and don't know who loves them and are hoping for a dopamine hit by getting a couple likes on their TikTok page or some new subscribers, we need to be embracing them in their arms and loving them and sharing with them and caring for them and letting them know that we're here, not digitally. We are here in person because we care about you. That's where we need to be, and we do so because that's what Jesus does. He openly embraces us, and the Son of Man was lifted up to draw all men unto himself. Let's do what we're supposed to do and point people to the Son. 
Tell him he is the one ultimately you can cast your cares, cast your anxieties, turn to him, and he will never let you down. This has been Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.